Support for this podcast is provided by Cressa. Cressa is the occupier's champion, the world's premier corporate real estate advisory firm, exclusively serving startup businesses and major global organizations alike. As a Portland pillar for over 25 years, Cressa partners with its clients throughout the entire project lifecycle, from workplace strategy and discovery through the deal transaction and project management delivery of space. Cressa partners without conflict and applies integrated expertise to make your business better. Go to cressa.com Portland to connect with the Portland advisory team. From that cast creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast. A show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week, I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to PDX Executive Podcast. I'm Dan Bruton, your host. A topic that I've just been you know, fascinated with the past couple years, actually, is employer branding. And especially in this new world we're living in and, and what it's going to look like post-pandemic, uh, I'm excited to have bring on a guest who we can get some insights from. So welcome, Blake Teese, who's the Director of Talent Acquisition for Prestige Care. Welcome, Blake. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Dan, for the opportunity. Good to spend my Friday with you. Excited for a great conversation. Yeah. So we'll, we'll dig into, you know, employer branding, but let's just kind of back up and learn a little bit about you. So we'd love to learn just, uh, you know, about your role and, and for people who don't know what your company does, it's also very relevant to the world we're living in and some of the things you've gone through. So we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, no doubt. Well, um, I'm a local boy. I'm a fifth generation Oregonian born and raised in Salem, went to Silverton high school, um, you know, I'm, uh, it's becoming more and more rare here in the, the Portland metro area for sure. So, um, a little bit about me again, my name is Blake. I'm the, uh, director of talent acquisition for prestige care and a little bit about us, I guess, really just from the macro, uh, we own and operate about 75 assisted living and skilled nursing care centers up and down the West coast, mainly in Oregon and Washington. Our footprint uh, does extend down into California, Arizona, Nevada. We have one up in the the great white north of beautiful Anchorage, Alaska. And actually the furthest east we go is Kalispell, Montana. Hmm. So we're headquartered here uh, actually in Vancouver, Washington, which is right over the uh, beautiful mighty Columbia River here. And that's where I'm at. Okay. And uh, at least for me, I've been here for over five and a half years. The first three years of uh, my tenure here with Prestige was in a individual contributor role in a uh, leadership recruiter role. And then Oh, shoot, uh, almost dang near three years ago at this point. Can't believe it's <laughs> already been three years. I was asked if I wanted to serve in the newly created director role, and I uh, gladly accepted. You know, that's been a, a, a goal and a dream of mine to be a business leader, specifically in the Portland metro area, you know, just trying to impact people's lives uh, in the community and that I've been in my entire life. And, and so... I've been here for about five and a half years. And so what I get to do, I I swear I have the coolest job. What I get to do is I get to oversee the entire talent acquisition function for a half a billion dollar company that employs 5,000 team members Mm. uh, in an eight state geographic footprint. Uh, We do really important work. Um, That's been very evident, especially in the last, (laughs) the last 12 to 18 months, you know, loving and serving seniors in their time of need. 
keeping them safe, et cetera. Uh, needless to say, the last uh, the last 12 months has, has been a grind. It's well, been a challenge. Yeah, well, let's dig into that to start with. What you can share is, in, you know, just from the taking care of your people point, when this all happened, obviously, you, your people who who you work with, not necessarily the, on your team, but the people in the, the facilities, you know, it was very vulnerable population, especially we didn't have much data or about this. So what was that like? Uh, <laughs> that was a big, hairy question, but, That you is know. the big, hairy question of the day, Dan. Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'm a very transparent, authentic kind of, kind of guy. And at the beginning it was, it was scary. You know, I think there was, there was so many unknowns that, you know, the market and just many organizations like, like my own didn't know, didn't know how to react. I, re- I recall kind of the beginning of this, I was thinking, God, are we going to run out of PPE for our residents? Mm. It's for our, pardon me, for our, our team members, we're going to be able to keep our residents safe, et cetera. And, you know, thank the Lord, we didn't run out of PPE. In fact, we have a stockpile of PPE at our central support office here in Vancouver. Um, you know, all things considered, we've done a really great job of keeping this at bay. Have we had outbreaks? Yeah, we have. You know, I'd, I'd argue most all producers or, or companies in this space have been greatly affected. I mean, the average occupancy of the assisted living side of, of the entire industry, industry-wide, is down 20%. Wow. You know, all stats show that if things don't change in this industry, 60% of providers are going to go out of business within 12 months. So this is really mm. almost a, I guess I'm going to use the term, a, a, a apocalyptic moment in this space. But I'm proud to say we are, we've been really financially prudent. We've been able to limit the outbreaks and in fact, as we currently sit here, um, end of February, 2021, we only have two buildings that have active cases in it. So my hat is off to our clinical team members, our chief clinical officer, Tom Rollins, for doing what I would deem an exceptional job amongst um, this just crazy, uh, amongst a crazy situation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for your team members, how did they feel? And what are some of the things, you know, someone who's in the, the one of the talent leadership team, I'm sure you were kind of you were kind of actively recruiting during that time too, <laughs> while all this is going on, and it's like, wow, what a, a a thing to be thrown in there for someone like you. So how how is that? I would I would you know I, I I've uh, been blessed to be able to have similar conversations on podcasts and etc. in the past twelve months of my life, and I, I feel like a broken record, but my. I, I've been in human resources my entire career. One of those weird kids. I got a degree in human resources. Oh, okay. Realizing it. Oh, wow. And I know, right? My In, in my entire career, it, I, I have never, it has never been more challenging. I've never worked harder. And it's, however, on the flip side, I've never gotten so much satisfaction out of what I get to do for a living than the last 12 months. So mm. has it been a grind? Absolutely. Has it been so stinking rewarding knowing that that grind mattered at the end of the day, getting people to love and serve seniors amongst a global pandemic that, you know, quite frankly, you know, really targeted in a lot of ways, the senior population, the most yeah. vulnerable of us. And so it's been, it, it's, it's been a, it's been a grind, but it is a, it is, it has been something that I will look back on the rest of my life as uh, really my finest hour and my colleagues finest hour is recruiting people to love and serve seniors. Now, 
this has been hard. You know, there's yeah. been a lot of people who've been scared to even investigate a career in this space. So that's yeah. something we've tried to curtail throughout the last 12 months. Yeah. I mean, let's dig into that because how do you do that? I mean, when rightfully so some people who in the industry, looking at the industry, obviously this, you have a lot of ammunition to like kind yeah. of elevate your mission during this too, which is on one, one side of things really great, but there's also maybe, you know, people on the sidelines like, geez, this is so how, what are some of the things you can, oh, yeah. you can share you've done and been successful at? I remember in the, in the early days of this, Dan, we, you know, we, we tried to, in a lot of ways, use the data, you know, showing the PPE that we have, that these places are mm. safe, that, you know, our employees are getting tested twice a week throughout our entire portfolio. Like, try to articulate that to the marketplace via employer branding. I know that's going to be a big topic yeah. we're talking about through, you know, Facebook and LinkedIn posts and, and just in our conversation with candidates, you know. One thing that I coach our operators on at 75 plus locations is, you know, make sure that everybody you talk to know that, hey, we are, we are testing multiple times a week. And in a lot of ways, these are safer places than going to, you know, Trader Joe's or Fred Meyers. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, now, that was met, you know, those posts were met with backlash, right? I mean, there was some, I mean, I oversee our jobs at Prestige, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, et cetera. Mm -hmm. There was some... There was some not nice things said, and and yeah. and everybody has their own opinion, and right. and that's what we get with with social media. But you know, you just try and show the reality of what's going on, and you know, showing um, you know a lot of things that we did um, throughout the really, and that's even going on now is highlight our own employees through our employer branding materials. I'm sure anybody that's uh, checked us out on the socials, we've really gone all in on illuminating. Um, everyday heroes. And I use that term heroes. There's an intentionality with that, Dan, because, you know, these are people who, you know, senior care, especially in the year 2020, 2021, has, wasn't easy, has not, it continues not to be yeah. easy, nodding and doffing PPE. But these are people who are putting others before themselves. And I'm truly humbled every day being able to just not only talk with those folks, but most importantly for me, is illuminating their stories, like mm -hmm. getting their stories and illuminating them. I, I posted one yesterday, a dietary aid at one of our skilled nursing facilities. I think it was out, um, I think it was in Sunnyside, Washington. We have a skilled nursing facility. Just She has a phenomenal story and just, just we've been able to lean a lot into that. And that's really resonated with a lot of folks and helped mm. get our brand out there. It's a really good point. And you kind of doubled down on that and how, yeah. I mean, I would think when you do that, we're like, hey, it's really about telling the stories of these people that are doing this work day in day out. That's probably internally, I know you're doing part of it for external recruiting and talent acquisition, but in, internally it's gotta be received well. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, yeah. it's really cool, Dan, you know, I, so I, I kind of create all this content and then post it on our, our socials here. And it, it's not, I, I would say it's equally half of it's for the external market, but, the other half is for our own team members. And I've gotten so many pieces of feedback over the last year from, you know, our regional leaders and, you know, some of our local leaders said, oh, you know, you highlighted Susie the cook at our building Sullivan Park in Spokane, Washington. She loved it. Everybody was mm. talking about it. And that's what we should be doing mm -hmm. as leaders in the human resources, just talent space, finding those stories of those people that work for you and lifting them, illuminating them. You know, people always ask me, you know, Blake, how do you 
recruit and retain staff, primarily millennials. And as a millennial myself, <laughs> I feel eminently qualified to answer that question. But, you know, allow me opportunities to thrive, but, you know, illuminate the hard work that I'm doing. And I'm not just saying me personally, Blake, but just but just people in general. People love to be recognized. Yeah. And so that's been a really cool initiative that we started at the beginning of this and we'll continue to do this post COVID and ongoing. I think it's so important. Yeah. Let's talk about, I mean, employer branding and it, it's like been an evolution and, you know, it's kind of like recruitment marketing and employer branding. It's, you know, been around, um, what's, what's been the evolution of that for you just being in the space, what that means and what you've done and yeah, maybe, I, I, yeah. yeah, that's a really good question, Dan. You know, um, I'll be very candid. Recruiting and in, in skilled nursing and assisted living is very hard. Yeah. It's not like we post a job and we get 25 registered nurses that just, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, you're not selling a, a high profile uh, sporting equipment or shoe that might be in our backyard here, right? It's a little different game. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I, I appreciate that, uh, that call out, Dan. So, you know, I, I, I will say the evolution of employer branding, which falls under, uh, my umbrella as head of TA here at Prestige has, it, it's been very organic and very grassroots. And I'm going to use the term really gritty too. And let me, let me kind of tell you what I mean by that. So when I came on board here, um, we had no social media presence for the sake of attracting staff. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, recruitment and marketing, we just need to produce content that resonates with people and put it in places where people's eyeballs are at. Right. So we had no visibility. So I took it upon myself, like, okay, you know what? We need to have some sort of visibility. So I ended up launching our jobs at Prestige Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, LinkedIn was there, but nobody was really running it. Mm -hmm. And so I just, you know, I, I took it upon myself, like, you know what? If no one's going to do it, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm mm -hmm. going to make it happen for this company. And what's been really cool is we've been able to leverage those outlets, not only to get the word out about jobs and career trajectory. Uh, but like I mentioned, highlighting our own team members, um, you know, talking about what makes us different, like yeah. uh, our unique employer value proposition, EVP for those in the in the employer branding space, mm -hmm. you know, finding that slight edge. I mean, for us, we have an awesome promote from within culture. We, we really do promote from within very well. And that's the HR hat, the, mm -hmm. the HR side of me coming out mm -hmm. is we're, we're promoting well from within a defined career path, you know being able to highlight quotes from our Glassdoor and Indeed page, for instance, of authentic mm. um, you know, quotes from our own team members. Um, you know, highlighting our culture is really important. You know, we have a big wellness program for our residents at Prestige Care. I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding you, Dan. You can go into any of our communities and there's, this, <laughs> there's these huge um, posters that highlight every day. Here's the events and activities that our residents have, that uh, they can engage in. And no joke, I, I almost get exhausted looking at, I mean, every day there's usually six, seven, eight um, opportunities for our residents. So being that's able fun. to highlight that on our social feeds, like, hey, yeah. you want to work in like a home-like setting that's really vibrant, that you get to know your people long-term and be able to see the fruits of your labor, this could be the place for you. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Um, how's that? So it's paid off, it sounds like. So it's going, I mean, going from zero to, you're starting at zero. And then the next question on that would be, a lot of people that, you know, would go down the road of EVP um, in that complementing your your brand as an organization. So like working with your marketing team, that might be, it, 
you know, they're supposed to kind of work together. And I, I think there is always some disjointedness with that. So, I mean, especially in a company that might not have, you know, realistically a brand period, you're not Nike, you're not Adidas, you're, yeah. you know, working throughout. So I think they kind of go hand in hand almost, right? If, if the employer brand might even be more important. 100%. I mean, I'm, I'm totally biased when I say recruiting and staff is the most important part of a business, because if you don't have highly qualified people, and I'm just going to speak to my own experience mm-hmm. here, you don't have highly qualified caregivers, nurses, clinicians to love and serve our residents. We got nothing. I mean, we don't live out our mission and we don't live out what we're selling people like, hey, you can move yeah. mom in here. She's secure, et cetera. You got to have staff. So I'm totally biased when, <laughs> yeah. when I say that, but you know, it's, it's um, you know, when you don't have a lot of brand recognition, you got to be gritty. Um, I, you know, I'd say in the early days when I mean early days, I'd say back in like 2016, 2017, when we were just kind of trying to launch any sort of employer brand. Yeah. You know, we didn't, we didn't have, we had zero dollars and zero cents. <laughs> right. yeah. You know, yeah. I'm going to take it upon myself. I'm really into photography. I utilize my own professional equipment to get high quality, uh, high quality photos of some of our team members to stick on employer branding materials. I leveraged Canva, a free resource mm-hmm. for people that can make some really cool stuff. So mm-hmm. like if you're in the EB space or the HRTA space and you're like, dude, I have no money to do this. Seriously, get this supercomputer in your pocket, utilize this, Google how to make employer branding materials on my iPhone and, and teach yourself. I taught myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've been really leaning into video in mm-hmm. 2021. And quite frankly, I should have been doing this five years ago, Dan, but mm-hmm. no better time than today. And so you're going to see a lot more video coming out, not only from myself on my feeds, but most importantly on the Prestige Care feeds to highlight our own team members and our EVP. Yeah, I'm really bullish on video. Like I'm a podcast yep. guy, obviously. I'm, I'm a, you know, write a lot of stuff for, for clients that I have. And I, and we got a Canva account like, a, you know, six months ago. And I, I love Canva. Like it's, it's just great. amazing. But yeah, I'm so bullish on 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 video. So I, I think that's that's spot on. So, well, what are you also doing to engage? I mean, I know you're on the talent acquisition side and that part. But once you got them, what are some like the engagement things you've been doing that you can share and some of the roadblocks you had? I mean, I, no matter what type of business you are, people are all going through the same thing. I think people are really burnout. And I think your industry might yeah. be pretty, pretty tough for that. And I think no matter what you're doing right now, it's people are hitting a wall. <laughs> I oh, am. Yeah. So I'm just personal experience. <laughs> I mean, it's been pretty dang tough. So I'd uh, love to get your thoughts on that too. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you bring that up, Dan. I was uh, uh, DMing on Instagram with a former colleague of mine who works for a, a direct competitor in, a, uh, in the space. And you know, just being real with one another, like, you know, she's absolutely forged and they're having staff quit and, you know, they're reaching that wall. And, you know, just to be very transparent, I mean, I reached that wall six months ago. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny to read these articles of like recently, it's like, oh, have you hit the COVID wall? I'm like, yeah. I, I, I'm six months ahead of you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, at least for me, I'm on the kind of the, the front end, right? Right. Getting people into mm-hmm. the organization. However, just due to my role, I have visibility and interaction with other kind of higher up stakeholders within the organization. So I can kind of speak to the retention piece of this. Right. 
you know, what we've really tried to do, and, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, is, is really go all in on promoting from within and, and not only saying, hey, we have a great promote, promote, promote from within culture, pardon me, uh, but willingly um, promoting those people. Yeah. I mean, because of my role, I get to see kind of the internal movement. More often than not, we're taking those in middle management roles, moving them up to the facility or care center uh, uh, manager role, or that individual care center leader to then a, a quasi-regional type role. Mm. So we've done a lot of that, uh, especially the last 12 months. We've really leaned into that, which I think is... is yeah, walking the walk, right? That, and then, you know, illuminating the stories of our team members. I kind of alluded to it earlier, but we had... This has been a really cool initiative, Dan, our my, my colleague in the HR office, her name is Megan. She's basically, she's a, a senior HR business partner for us. She sends out a weekly prestige strong email company wide, just highlighting the cool stuff that this community is doing down in Lake Havasu city, Arizona. And then, mm-hmm. you know, this one person up in Sunnyside, Washington got recognized as employee of the month. Let's all give it up for Susie. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So we've really done, we've really leaned a lot into highlighting our own employees and increasing the frequency of internal communication. And I foresee that, um, at least here at this company, continuing on into COVID. And quite frankly, I hope we 10X our efforts in that because people want to see that. People want to be connected to something greater than themselves. Right. And that transparency is just everybody's hungry for it, no matter what. Whether it's at work, for your kids at school, it's like it's I think post world, it's like the level of authenticity and transparency. Mm. I'm so hopeful. It's just going to be like, you know, it's going to get no more corporate speak really necessarily. Um, there's a time and place maybe for some of that, but really it's, that's out the window when we're all trying to get through things together. So you know, I echo that a hundred percent, Dan, and I've had so many conversations like this and just with, with colleagues and stuff like, I hope this is the, the, the paradigm shift that we need as I'm going to get really kind of macro here. I hope that's all right. I just hope this is the paradigm shift and kind of the fork in the road that we needed as a society to say remote work is okay. Humans can be productive. And you know what? Humans have families, have dogs and cats and yeah, yeah. kids. And let's just give each other a break. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's a, there's a leader here in town who, um, had to give a pres- she gave a presentation onto one of my groups previously about just leading with grace. Yes. And it was just so refreshing um, for someone from the top to, to talk about that. And uh, I think we all, hopefully going forward, we'll, we'll do that more. So well, a couple and, of things, Blake, before we go. Empathy, oh, go ahead. Yeah. And sorry to interrupt, Dan, but yeah, yeah. empathy, I, I would just kind of piggyback off what, yeah. whatever that was. I'm actually intrigued to hear what, what that was, but just empathy, you know, I think that's uh, just one of the cornerstones of leadership. I'm blessed to serve in a leadership role. I love what I do, but I really leaned into empathy, especially the last 12, 18 months. To say, you know what? And, and I'm and I'm very, I, I guess, verbal about that. Like, I, there's been numerous times over the past 12 months I've told my team, like, you know what? This is hard. What you do is hard. What we're going through together is hard. Give yourself a break. It's Friday at noon. Are you in a position to stop? Stop working. Because yeah. guess what? It's all going to come back to you at 8 a.m. on Monday. You yeah. got to take care of yourself. And so I'm just very, mm. I just really leaned into empathy. And I would encourage anybody who is blessed to serve in a leadership role, really lean into empathy because guess what? People will stay with you if they do. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm not to like call out generations, but obviously when I first started my career, there was like a huge wall, right? Between like leadership. It was like, it's almost mm-hmm. like, uh, and I, you know, nothing against HR departments, but sometimes traditionally the old school thinking is like, we kind of had to maintain that wall, right? For several legal compliance issues that are uh, very valid. But I think through all this, the grace and the empathy, it's probably opened up a little bit, uh, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me ask you, let me ask you this, Dan, yeah. I've been on a number of these and normally yeah, it's yeah. just you peppering me with questions. Yeah, yeah. I, I would actually really want to know just from your standpoint, yeah. you talk with a lot of folks and you know, you have your own practice, really successful coming out of COVID. Yeah. What do you think, I guess the new way of working is going to look like, and maybe specifically here in the Portland metro area. I mean, what are your thoughts? Oh, I love this question because I've been. This is what I ask every single person, obviously, on my <laughs> podcast, but during for my clients too, and a lot of things. So, I think it depends on the industry. I think it. I think work fundamentally, especially for knowledge workers, is going to change, which is a great thing. I think it's got to be. There's a. There's a. There's an equity part I'm really worried about, and I was talking to a. A leader mm-hmm. last week said, well, what happens when all three people decide to come in the office, this like pre-COVID too, is and that one person that moved during COVID zooms in and you say, it's all good. Like you can work from anywhere or we're, there's still going to be some inequity there. So what's your policy for not having that happen? Right. Because mm-hmm. we're humans. If you, if you're around people in person and you know, one or two people are just always zooming in. Well, hey, right. So I, I'm a little. So do you see some companies just making fast and strong policies that are like, no, you only can come in these certain days. So you, but I don't really know if that's going to work with people that do can't work from home. I mean, I have a young family, I and I love them to death, but I can't. I have to go. To, I lock myself in my office here. Uh, you know, I go to a co working space because mm-hmm. I just can't. It's, it's, it's literally chaos in my house and a lot of people can relate. It's really chaos. So there, there's that. I, I'm kind of curious how to play out. And I don't think anybody knows. I, everybody's developing a plan. So I, anybody that says they know what they're going to do, I think I kind of call BS on that a little bit. So I agree. Yeah. So that's my kind of two cents just talking to people. Yeah. Interesting. Well, thanks for sharing your viewpoint. Appreciate it. I know that's kind of a non-answer, but I do worry about, again, the inequity piece of it because I think that will be be more prevalent. But some companies like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say to kind of piggyback off of that, I I think about kind of that junior level team member in a completely remote environment. How does that person get the visibility and the training and skills to level up? I mean, pre-COVID, quote unquote, you know, that the, the leader and the manager uh, and the and the uh, more junior team member could kind of work side by side. It's a heck of a lot more challenging in a more remote market or uh, a more remote working um, environment, rather, pardon me. So I think that's a, another huge issue that, that we as leaders need to really consider if we want to, because again, you know, common thread through this dialogue is promoting from within, leveling yeah. up, upskilling. But in a remote environment, it's tough to upskill that that uh, more junior level team member to get them to where you want them to be. I think you're spot on. I had a last year, this is probably like November, I had a uh, very high ranking executive from a big shoe company uh, talking to my private membership group. And I kind of, I said, well, hey, you know, younger people must 
actually really like you know working remotely and older people and he's like you know what it's exactly the opposite if you're more established in your career i think you're a little more comfortable not getting that visibility but the younger like you said the younger people a lot of times where they take a job is because they want to be on campus and see what's going on and get that engagement and facetime yeah. with leaders so it's a super good point um i'm not sure how that's gonna work because if you're 22 We've all talked to leaders we know or companies who've hired people out of college this past year. They've never met up in person, right? So, I mean, everybody's, you know, there's all these webinars, how to onboard people remotely. And it's like, well, yeah, but like the human aspect of the long-term, uh, you know, ramifications of this, uh, I think we're all going to see play out. So, you know, it's pretty wild. You, you brought up like onboarding people remotely. I've onboarded four people. Five people, five people remotely. Yeah. And uh, that, that's been a challenge. But, you know, what we really leaned into is as boring as this is sitting on Zoom and sharing screens and showing like, here's our system. Here's how you, how you do this, this and this. Yeah, yeah. This Here's where it is. Um, that's really what we did to onboard in a remote environment. But it definitely is is a lot more challenging. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I had uh, someone on the podcast uh, maybe a couple months ago and he had really good insight just about doing this. It's a skill. You have to learn how to show up remotely. It's not yeah. just turning on your camera. And I, that really hit me and it's like, Oh, jeez, Yeah. That's not something you're consciously thinking about, but it is, it's very true. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah, a different way to show up. Um, and we've all kind of learned it, you know, we've been forced to in a lot of ways. So, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Thanks for the questions and getting real for a minute because it's, it's a big, it's, it's a big, especially in your space in the world. So I'm, uh, you know, overall, I'm very optimistic and I think, you know, we'll get through this and um, how the world works, how we, how we work will be in the long run better because we'll have these kind of options, but I know Agreed. it doesn't make your job any easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, but uh, I guess you call it job security. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, hey, um, Blake, as we kind of, you know, a couple of things I always like to touch base on is you're, you know, you grew up in Oregon, you're from here. Obviously, you know, uh, you have a love for the area. What do you, what's your thoughts just on Portland and maybe more towards the, the talent acquisition space and, you know, going forward, what that means for pre, you know, pre pandemic flood flood of talent was moving here and it's still kind of the case um yeah. but what's your thoughts i mean you yeah, see I mean, it. yeah yeah that's a good question dan i'm going to respond to it through the lens of talent acquisition if i can yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> I, I would say that that the pacific northwest specifically portland and the portland metro area obviously was a hot spot meaning Everybody and their mom was moving here the past five years. Mm -hmm. I would say what I'm seeing in the last 12, 16 months, most definitely, it has cooled down a lot. Hmm. People, great example. I've had numerous conversations this week with people, high, you know, uh, individuals who have operated at a high level at other assisted living community or other assisted living companies that want nothing to do with this area because it's it's so expensive to live in. Mm. The um, no, I say this in an articulate fashion. The uh, 
the um, uh, societal issues we've faced the last 12, 16 months. They want no part of that. And these are things that people told me mm. on the phone uh, and obviously via Zoom as well. So I, I think the through the lens of TA, this market has cooled quite a bit. It is becoming more challenging to recruit people from out of the market here. Mm. Um, and I know that just because I talk to candidates all day. Right. Um, it's just what I get paid to do. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I think through the lens of TA, it's it's cooled down quite a bit, at least in my practice. I can't really comment, um, you know, for, with uh, for some of my uh, colleagues at the at the bigger brands of the world, they might have a completely different experience than, than myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's really cooled down, um, and uh, I, I think that. Obviously, it's a beautiful place. I was born here. I'm going to die here. I, I love it here. This is home. And and uh, but but I, I think it's cooled down. And I am uh, optimistic that um, the, uh, the 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 Portland metro area and surrounding areas will will rebound uh, rebound and become great again at at, uh, at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I share your optimism, and I think it's a. Uh it's a really great opportunity for us as a, a market to, you know, work on some of our shortcomings, you know, here that's become prevalent, obviously. And I think that the future is super bright for the area, but it is crazy just being a homeowner to see. <laughs> so I can't move. I can't afford to move anywhere here. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I had to, I had to save my whole life and, and uh, was, was able to buy it, buy a home. I mean, in my mid thirties, it, it took me that long. I mean, that's a, a stark, uh, a stark um, cry from my parents who, you know, graduated from Oregon State in 82, 83 and bought their first house a year later. Right, <laughs> right. That doesn't exist anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not on here, at least. For sure, for sure. Well, Blake, um, really appreciate you coming on and sharing some really great insights just about you know, talent, talent acquisition in your industry too. I think people, that'd be just really interesting to hear about that. So where, pe- where can people find you in the company yeah. just yourself? Yeah. So on LinkedIn, Blake Tease. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Blake in the PNW, Blake in the Pacific Northwest. Nice. Uh, I'm pretty active on, on Insta and Twitter uh, and LinkedIn. Those are kind of my three platforms. I'm on Facebook, but uh, um, not too active on there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm really leaning into video this year and um, not only just talking about, you know, opportunities with prestige and on and on, but sharing and I like to get out and hike. I like to drink good craft beer. I like mm-hmm. to eat good food. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a typical Pacific Northwesterner, I guess, in that aspect, Dan. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm also uh, wanting to lean in 2021 in uh, acting as a as a service to people like because I look at resumes and I interview people all day. And I want to like reach through the phone and say, don't say that you need to do this instead. So I'm going to really be leaning in this year um, into uh, acting as a resource for people. So if like job seeking and resume stuff, if you want to learn from an actual practitioner, not just somebody who was a practitioner two decades ago, Mm -hmm. would love to, you know, uh, bring value to people in that way. That's awesome, Blake. The last thing I'm going to ask you, just because this is a little off topic, but you're sure. you're really into social. I can't. I am. What do you? Th- what's your take on Clubhouse? Have you spent much Honestly, time on there? I I I just got an invite. I haven't like okay walked into it yet. I know it's really hot in the TA space right yeah. now. Um, I I need to 
this, this guy I'm connected with in the in the talent acquisition space sent me an invite. I, I need to lean into it, and then I'm going to find you on there. Actually, I don't even know what it is to be honest with it's, you. Well, let's it, we can um, <laughs> for people who are interested in this. So. You know, I got, yeah, I got on uh, probably just a couple of months ago. It's been around, I think they launched April, 2020. And at first I was kind of like, what is this? It's like people on, it's an audio thing, no video, but it's strangely super addicting. Hmm. It's really, I was on it last night. I'm just like, I'll pop it open. And then like two hours go by. I'm like, whoa, what, what just happened here? It's, it's really interesting. And I'm, I'm kind of trying to. I mean, what? Yeah, one more social media thing. That's what we all need, right? It's like, oh God. But um, it is pretty interesting, and I'm, 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 I'm just curious to see people's take on it. So once you get on it, let's reconnect. Yeah, I can. Can I find people? Honestly, yeah. I've never even yeah, yeah. No, I- it's like everybody has their own profile. Um, you know, uh, people you host different rooms, so you can like. Employee, what is it? You know, it could be like the employer branding room or group, and then people just you scroll and you see what rooms are open, and you can just join it. And it's like the if you started a room, you're it's like a mini audio panel basically. Like maybe me and you could host a room on employer branding, and anybody could just jump in it, and we're we're BSing about employer branding, and then someone you could call someone. Uh, to join the panel or they can raise their hand and ask questions. So it's, but it's all audio, right? So it's, but there's now, now there's celebrities on it, which is kind of interesting. And like, um, you know, Elon Musk is on there and Bill Gates pops in. So it's kind of, it's kind of fascinating actually, but I'm just not quite sure what to do with it. (laughs) Sure. You know, I, I grew up, I'm a huge Portland trailblazers fan growing up around here. Bill Shonley, uh, legend Mm -hmm. around here. I love audio. I love um, listening to sports on the radio, but you know, with the rise of podcasts, I love podcasts. Yeah. I digest so many podcasts primarily because I've walked my dog twice a day, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I love podcasts. So I love the audio medium. Um, so I'm really hyped to check out uh, what clubhouse is all about. And by the way, I just uh, logged in here. So cool. um, I'll see you. Okay. Well, well, let's let's uh, end this conversation. We'll we'll find each other in Clubhouse. But Blake, thanks so much for joining. Yeah, thanks for the time, Dan. Appreciate it. The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of ThatCast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well. 